What's up, everyone? Post game podcast here. The Bucks have just uh, committed a robbery at <laughs> Forum. They beat the Miami Heat one twenty to one nineteen, and I think more than anything, this felt a little bit like a return to the postseason. We've been uh, just stumbling through this regular season. There's been big games here or there, uh, but this one really from the start, the atmosphere was awesome at Fiserv Forum, and the Bucks pick up an unlikely win, which uh, you could make the case that they might have needed more than Miami as well, particularly in the standing. So there's plenty to talk about. Let's get into it. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win Daily and also find my work over at ESPN. Joining me, the founder of brewhoop.com and longtime voice of the podcast, uh, dog father to Blanche. And uh, what's your name? Dudley. Dudley, Dudley, of course. Of course. How could I forget Dudley? Uh, but we're in a good mood tonight because the Bucks have beat the Heat 120 to 119. And I know there'll be a lot of people listening to this podcast because after a big win, the listeners come flooding back to the podcast, Frank. And we thank you for making Locked On Bucks your first listen of every weekday Uh, but this was awesome and just before we started recording Frank I did say I didn't think that this was going to be the way this podcast was going to go down I think there was going to be a bunch of questions that were going to be asked I think overall uh, this was an awesome game but when you're trailing 113 to 99 with 606 to play it was not looking good Miami were not missing any threes the Bucks shot selection went through some uh, rocky periods there early in the fourth quarter but they were able to pull it out they got a bunch of stops on the defensive end. There was some weird stuff going on with Miami trying to inbound the ball late in this game. It was chaotic. But in the end, Drew Holiday picks up the game winner. And is that his second game winner? I know he had the one in Memphis. I can't remember whether he had another one. But either way, uh, this is awesome, Frank. The Bro- the Brooklyn Nets might tell you that he had a game winner um, against them in the playoffs last year. And I, I think that that that's what that, that was actually what I was thinking when um, you know they had the jump ball. And, and again, I mean, kudos to the Bucs. This was not a work of art, but they kept kind of grinding at it. They made a bunch of mistakes. Even in those last six minutes, they did not play flawless basketball. Giannis missed a couple of bunnies. You know, they mm-hmm. they they definitely were not perfect, um, but they almost get the five-second call on the inbounds with whatever it was. Um, and then uh, Giannis is able to contest uh, the inbound, get the tie-up with Jimmy Butler, and that tees up Drew Holiday. With timeouts, they opt to basically say, all right, we're, we're just going to, you know, go against a defense that is not set, which I thought was the right call. And again, we saw them do that last year uh, in game three, I guess, of the net series. And Drew Holiday ends up, you know, spinning for a layup that obviously completely turned around their playoff run and set them back on course for an NBA championship. And okay, maybe not the same stakes tonight, but um, but especially against a Miami team that, you know, defensively, you know, they've been just a team that has, especially in the regular season, obviously not so much in the playoffs, but in the regular season, these past two years, they've caused Giannis a lot of problems. We saw that for long stretches tonight as well. 
um, I love the call to, you know, you had enough time that um, you were able to obviously get the ball up and, and, you know, get a shot. So I love Bud kind of, you know, basically setting it up uh, off, off the jump ball. And also I, I don't, I don't recall exactly who Miami had as personnel there, but it's an interesting situation because Miami is kind of stuck a little bit. Do they have their free throw shooting team in if they win the jump ball or do they have their defensive team in in case they lose the jump ball? You know, they have to kind of split the difference a little bit there. And obviously, you know, again, is Gabe Vincent in there? If you were just trying to put out your strongest defensive lineup, I don't know, but Drew Holiday was very happy to see, <laughs> happy to see Gabe Vincent in front of him. And um, obviously credit to him for just, you know, seeing an opening attacking again, creating some contact, but Hey, sorry, Gabe Vincent, like you're not flopping for an offensive foul um, in that situation, that scenario that late in the game. And um, obviously big credit to Drew for, for, and for, for ending that game. And because of the timeout they had to take on the previous almost five second, the heat didn't have a timeout. And I remember thinking, Hmm, if the bucks like somehow actually tied this game, I was thinking more of in case they tied it, but if the bucks were able to tie the game, the heat are going to be stuck without a timeout to advance the ball. And sure enough, two seconds left. Normally you'd be able to advance the ball on a timeout, but without any much timeouts left, you know, they're left to having to have Tyler hero fling a, a 60 foot shot, which as hot as he was tonight, uh, finally he, he missed a shot. That would have been, that would have been really the worst, the worst loss I can recall in a regular season game. If, if Tyler hero hits a, a you know, 60 foot shot, we saw miles bridges almost do that for the Hornets earlier this year. But, um, but yeah, I, I think, you know, again, just, I think you alluded to it. Bucks need to win games, right? I, I, normally, you'd, I think you'd look at this game and be like, oh, this is a you know potential Eastern Conference Finals matchup, something like that. Obviously, it's a rematch of the first round last year. But I think first and foremost, you know, the Bucks just need to see some some games go in their favor, um, try to kind of turn this, you know, kind of, I don't want to say turn the season around because, it's, again, it's not like they're, you know, in 10th place or something. But, um, but again, tough schedule coming up and to claw out a win, um, I think, again, I, these kinds of things are good for the psyche um, and doing it against a team that obviously has caused you problems and that you're chasing in the standings, I think is, is obviously doubly positive. And, um, you know, you, you don't get many 14 point comebacks in the last six minutes of game. Reminding me a little bit of Christmas Day when they came back on the Boston Celtics from a double digit lead late. Um, but uh, but yeah, credit to obviously Drew, Chris Middleton, who hadn't hit a shot since the second quarter, I think hits that huge three pull up in transition to bring it within one on the previous possession. And, um, you know, again, obviously kind of uh, week, let's say the post all-star break did not start very well with that loss on Saturday, but the big win on Monday uh, easily against the Hornets. And now obviously a comeback win tonight. Again, a uh, tough game coming up in Chicago on Friday, but uh, certainly a, a good last couple of games here, at least from uh, the perspective of, you know, again, just kind of grinding upwards in, in the playoff race. Yeah, and it's really interesting. I mean, you mentioned the decision from Bud not to call a timeout, and then you just referenced that three from Chris Milton, but that was also an interesting decision for the Bucks not to foul earlier and just let the clock wind down. So uh, it all worked out. So you have to say this is a pretty nice execution from Bud down the stretch not to make those calls, but defensively, uh, they did get the job done. I, I want to get into the Giannis discussion, the Giannis first Miami stuff. Uh, it was a slow start. It was a frustrating start, I think, for Giannis in this one. But I know we're going to be talking about this for a while. So first, I'm going to get to our friends at betonline.net. We know football's done, but basketball, as we saw tonight, is in full swing. So you can get the latest odds, totals, player performance props, 
uh, to where the next fired coach is going to land. BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for the scores, podcasts, and news this season. But of course, it's not just basketball. There's hockey, boxing, and UFC as well. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action that's BetOnline where the game starts. Uh, don't forget to check out the Locked On uh, Now podcast as well. You'll hear me. You'll probably hear a little recap from our friends over at uh, Locked On Heat as well and everything else that's been going on around the NBA tonight. So check out the Locked On Now podcast after you're done with Locked On Bucks and uh, get up to date with everything that happened in the NBA tonight. But the Giannis conversation, at the end of the night, he's got a massive line and it looks great and he was clutched down the stretch with those free throws, which I'm sure you would have loved, Frank. But 28 uh, points, 17 rebounds, five assists, two steals, and a block that will have Jimmy Butler waking up in the middle of the night in a cold sweat. He sent Jimmy Butler to the deck with that block. But he was 9 for 20 from the field. I mentioned on yesterday's podcast he was 4 for 13 and 4 for 11 in the previous games and then 9 for 20. You can go back even further. He has had his struggles efficiency-wise against the Miami team. He was in foul trouble early. He was playing through a lot of physicality, which is Miami is going to do, and he wasn't getting the whistles. He did get some calls down the stretch. But how would you assess the overall performance from Giannis? Obviously, he came up clutch, uh, but it was slow going. And again, uh, it was just another example of why and how Miami can create problems for Giannis. Yeah, I mean, I would say, um, you know, the fact that he's able to pile up, you know, the numbers that he did tonight just, again, reiterates <laughs> how incredible he is Pretty and good. how kind of undeniable he is, even when he's not playing at his best. I think, you know, you'd say this was a pretty uneven performance. I think early on, you know, a lot of just Giannis dribble handoffs, a lot of Giannis setting screens, trying to roll. Um, the Heat really did not give the Bucks any openings on, on those rolls. Um, and, you know, Giannis took only three shots in the first quarter, made all of them um, and had seven points and then doesn't go doesn't score a point in the second quarter. And obviously some of that is due to the foul trouble. He had two fouls, you know, midway through the first quarter. Then he picks up a third foul in the second quarter. I thought Bud did a pretty good job of like, you know, not burying him on the bench, yeah. um, giving him pretty short, short rests. And even when he picks up the fourth foul in the third quarter. He had him rest for a couple minutes, but then he kind of brought him back out there and picked up his fourth um, foul after getting a knee directly to the Wallabies. The, by the way, mm. if you you pick you get yourself in foul trouble, you pick up a foul, and also you just get a massive Deadman knee right in the nuts. I mean that that is just insult, assault in the wound, whatever you want to call it. Not great, um, but even I mean even the fourth quarter, you know, obviously, um, what do you have in the fourth quarter? Do you have twelve points, fourteen points? I mean, he scored a ton in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Fourth quarter, Giannis, you know, just kind of going to work. Um, but even so, I mean, he left a, a number of buckets out there uh, as misses. You know, he, he had a point blank layup that, I mean, again, it wasn't, you know, he had to create it um, late that he missed, which I thought might have been kind of like, all right, that's it. That's that's probably, you know, the margin of error is just, just too, too, too big right now. Um, you know, he missed with 35 seconds left. Um, uh, he missed a jump shot with 35 seconds left right? They're down four. That should be it, right? <laughs> that should be, that should be the game. And somehow you mentioned it, you know, should the Bucks have like fouled and just try to extend the game and said, Harrow uh, turns it over, Porta steals it. Chris Middleton hits a pull-up three in transition with 13 seconds left to make it a one-point game. I mean, 
you know, we're, we're all going to see the Drew highlights, but to me that, I mean, that might be the play of the game right there. Right. And just in terms of turning it from the heat shooting free throws potentially, or, or having a shot to ice it and make it a two possession game. If they get a shot off um, to the heat being up one and now needing to what they thought play the free throw game. And ultimately, obviously they did, they didn't take uh, another shot until heroes long bomb. So, um, you know, again, it, even when he, when he started rolling, um, he missed a number of shots in the fourth quarter that I think normally you probably expected to make him to make, which again says like, man, he could have 20 points in the fourth quarter. <laughs> um, but I thought, you know, it's interesting. It's one of these, it's one of these things that, that I think Giannis, as he's matured, he's had to find the balance. Right. And I think back to the article earlier in the season that our friend Eric name wrote where Giannis talked about, he can't just try to dunk on everybody, every play. He can't just, you know, put his head down and just physically, try to overwhelm everybody every game, especially on a night like this, where he ends up getting all the foul trouble. Um, he had to pick his spots a bit more, probably had to rely on his jumper a little bit more than probably you'd want him to. Um, but overall, again, kind of picking his spots, he was able to get out in transition a little bit to kind of, you know, get around some of the issues with the heat and the way that they clog up the middle and half court. Um, and, you know, again, that kind of patience, I think just sort of speaks to obviously his continued maturation. And, you know, I think just, having to make good decisions, right? Like I, I think back to that play, Max Struess, I don't, I don't know if it was in the fourth quarter or when it was, um, but Struess got out ahead of him. And normally that would be a situation where Giannis is going for the chase down. Yeah. And Giannis had to, mm. you can, you could just tell, and you could just tell in his brain, he was like, Oh God, I want to pack this guy from behind. <laughs> but, you know, again, he couldn't risk uh, the foul at that point in the game. And so, um, you know, but, but this is what, you know, being a superstar means. It means kind of knowing how to pick your spots, knowing when to be super aggressive and looking for a shot versus knowing when you have to probably set up your teammates a little bit more. And that's, I think, what he was doing, certainly in that first half a bit more. Um, but then as he's done so many times this year, obviously, in the fourth quarter, they needed somebody to make to make buckets. And Giannis was obviously out there working really hard, trying to get out and transition, trying to do stuff. And... Um, you know, the numbers obviously speak to, to what he was able to do on a night when, again, even, even, even by his standards, um, you know, the numbers are there, but we know that, that he can play better than what we saw tonight. So I would certainly say that the Bucks have certainly not solved the Heat's defense and sort of the, the Heat problem that they have with, with Giannis in particular. Um, but once again, you know, Chris, Chris Middleton, awesome first half, kind of disappeared for a long stretches in the second half, but fortunately... This is why you have three stars, right? You're able to kind of have guys give and take. And when one guy maybe is is fading the back a little bit, you can rely on the other guys to step up and, you know, look at the box. Giannis with his 28, Chris 26, and Drew Holiday 25. So, um, you know, you're able to kind of get things done. And especially, you know, again, big, big difference between these teams' benches. You know, they bring Hera off the bench. Hera was really good tonight. He's been sneaky inefficient this year. I think he's only at 54% true shooting, but he was great tonight. 30 points on, on 21 shots. Um, you know, Martin, tw- another 12 points. We've seen what he can do against the Bucks. And Struess had eight points on nine shots, and it felt like he had like 15 points on six shots or something like that. Um, but just their shooting really put a ton of pressure on the Bucks. And um, anytime you can beat a team that hits 21 threes against you, you feel like you did a lot of things right, you know, because that's a lot of shooting you know negative variance uh going against you when the other team hits seven more threes than you yeah it's interesting because i was looking at just some of the numbers in the box score after this game and i was thinking okay well where was the the major advantage for the bucks because they're minus seven 
in three point makes. And yeah, like you said, you don't, I don't know what the numbers are, but I would imagine when a team hits 20 plus, even though it's more frequent now, it's usually a loss. But it was the free throw line, which is kind of funny because when you thought about this during the game, you were like, man, the Bucks are not getting a great whistle here in the first half, but they end up plus 15 at the free throw line in attempts. And they were 24 for 27, Frank. And I, you think back to a couple of nights ago, they would have beat the Nets, make some free throws down the stretch, and you win that game. So that honestly can be the difference. That was the difference in this game. I don't know what the numbers say for Miami. I know overall they've been a top 10 offense for basically the whole season. But when I was talking with Camille yesterday, I said the one thing that, just from an outsider that looks at Miami and I say, well, okay, if Jimmy Butler is your best player or Bam Adebayo is your best player down the stretch in the playoffs, I'm not sure what you're going to get offensively. And it was interesting tonight when the Bucs really did clamp it down. And I don't know whether it was the Bucs clamping it down or it's just Miami's half-court offense. You're leaning heavily on you know Vincent and Struess, as you said, to knock down these threes. And obviously Robertson and Hero are fine players. They're good players. But Jimmy, I saw this. I know he obviously had a rough night overall. He only had six points, two for fourteen from the field. I think Tim Tim Reynolds. He, I bl- he thought I bl- he thought Bryn he thought Bryn Forbes was in the building. I think just you know spooked by the ghosts of Bryn Forbes outscoring him in last year's playoffs. I don't know. I mean, he's clearly a good player. But if you're a Bucks fan and you only watch the Heat when he's playing the Bucks, you, you're probably thinking this guy is is a is a bricklayer. Because uh, every time he he usually goes, he's usually hurt, right? Like in the regular season, sure, we barely sure, ever even sure. see him play, and it never seems to impact the Heat. And then on a night like tonight, obviously he stunk, and it it felt like you know it's crazy because the Heat could not miss from three. The you know the guards, the role players were great, um, and no Kyle Lowry tonight. Honestly, didn't really miss him with the shooting that they got from mm. the bench guys, um, but it, it felt like last playoffs all over again with the way that bam as well bam hit a hit a couple shots um down the stretch that were pretty big but bobby portis and the bucks were daring him to shoot little mid-range shots he didn't want to he was he was short he short-armed a couple really early it felt a lot like last year when brooke lopez did the same thing and again when brooke lopez does it it's because he's trying to protect the rim and you know whatever Bobby Portis does it like, eh, you know, and, and Bam, I think, wised up and realized like he can physically kind of put his put his arm, put his shoulder into Bobby and kind of overwhelm him. Um, but, you know, they, they were able to get away with that down the stretch playing Bobby and not really getting hurt by too much. Like Bam had a couple shots, but you know, kind of tip your cap type plays. But yeah, Jimmy and, and Bam, again, the Bucks were just begging him them to shoot mid range jump shots. And we know Butler hasn't shot threes well, you know, the past few years. Um, but again, like. You know, if, if there's an Achilles heel, I've, I've, I've heard a number of kind of, you know, podcasts recently kind of bring this up. Obviously, I'm not watching the Heat every night, but, you know, people referencing like, hey, if you put tall guys on Jimmy, they can cause them problems because they're going under screens. They don't have to, you know, um, stay that close to him on the perimeter and go over screens against him because the shooting just hasn't been good enough. And we saw that again tonight where it just didn't felt like he could really impose his will on the game and just another another struggling performance for him that, again, almost didn't matter with the, the help that the the other guys gave them but um but i thought that was an interesting kind of juxtaposition of like you know tyler hero gabe vincent just chucking up threes from all over the place and then you know bam Adebayo can like barely catch rim on like a, a wide open 17 footer right i mean just go figure 
And that feels like that will be the question for Miami when it comes to the playoffs. There is a little bit of a trade-off there. Clearly, when Kyle Lowry's in the lineup, it changes things a little bit. And you've got another guy that can create and he can knock down threes. And overall, the balance is a little bit better. But yeah, you the trade-off is that you put in a guy like Duncan Robertson or Tyler Hero or these guys on the floor that defensively, you if you're the Bucs, you look at it and say, okay, well, we would prefer these guys on the floor on, on that end. We can attack them. You mentioned, obviously, the last play with Drew Holiday there. Uh, I did think to myself when Bam took Portis into the post late and he hit that hook shot. And again, that was another moment where I thought, oh, well, this game's over. But I, I did think to myself, geez, you would love to have Brooke Lopez out there for those possessions. And and that's the perfect Or, or even Serge Ibaka, right? right. Like that, that's yeah. where you're kind of like, eh, maybe do you go with Serge? But, you know, Bobby's been so good. I, you know, I get it. Uh, yeah, there's no doubt. The Bucks uh, at times have been going through a rotation with some spare parts out there. Not to say that Bobby Portis <laughs> is spare parts, but if you do need spare parts for your car, then go to rockauto.com because you can save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why would you choose to spend 30%, 50%, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. The prices are reliably low for every customer. The professionals... And people like me. So if you need brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, new carpet, whatever it is, they've got it at Rock Auto. So just go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in there. How did you hear about us box so they know we sent you? Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. So it took me a while to really for this to uh, you know, become clear in my head today. But I'm watching on League Pass, and one of the, the good bonuses about League Pass is that you get to see all the in-arena entertainment. So when the Bucks are showing all these Brandon Jennings clips and there's a lot of Brandon Jennings fanfare on this night, it took me a while to realize that the Bucks decided to do this Brandon Jennings night when the Bucks were playing the Heat. Uh, which, of course, was the team that swept the Bucks, And I, I thought it was interesting that they would really want to desperately highlight the Bucks getting embarrassed in that first round series, but they went for it. And, uh, you know, Brandon, I mentioned this to Camille yesterday. He's got to be coming back to Milwaukee soon. It's near playoff time. He had the time of his life. I don't know what else he does, honestly. So, you know, the Bucks making the playoffs is good for his brand. And uh, with Brandon Jennings is throwing T-shirts out to the crowd in the third quarter when the Bucks are losing to the Miami Heat and look like they're going to get uh, blown out in the fourth quarter. I thought it was kind of fitting. It felt right. It felt right, Frank. <laughs> well, first off, winning a championship means that you never have to say you're sorry. So, you know, <laughs> That's right. That's no right. regrets. Um, and and let, we, we just got to say it again. I mean, I, I find it hilarious. It's great. I'm all about it. But the, like, weird redemption of Brandon <laughs> Jennings, <laughs> you know, a few years after he last played in Milwaukee, um, year many years since his like you know heyday, you know, basically a, almost like a decade since his kind of heyday in Milwaukee. The fact that you know he is now back to sort of this weird cult hero status. He designed the hats that they gave away as a promotion night. These four one four hats, which actually actually look pretty cool. Um, just remains one of the stranger, uh, stranger subplots of of the Milwaukee Bucks championship run. So, um, so yeah, I don't know. I mean, you know, I, I was nervous last last summer when they decided to bring Brandon to Game Six. Uh, it felt like maybe they were jinxing Game Six of the NBA Finals by having Brandon show up there. It just felt like, yes. you know, 
too much was was uh it's like oh god this is going to be so embarrassing if, if they can't pull this game out but again team of destiny and um you know brandon jennings just bringing that that uh, that little taste of destiny back uh tonight for uh, for a regular season win so um hey i'll uh, i'll take it uh so just one quick note on george hill as well uh Bally Sports, I guess, had the injury report at the start of the game and said George Hill neck surgery. Uh, George Hill was on the bench and he looked like he was, you know, moving around as well as he has been in recent weeks. Uh, just to be clear, the official box score and the official injury list that was handed out before the game just said neck soreness. So I, 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 Twitter was really blowing up about this one, but I, I, and understandable why. You remember Brooke Lopez had some back soreness for quite a period of time before he had back surgery. So I understand it, but I haven't seen or heard anything to suggest that, that he had surgery there. Yeah. I, th- I mean, I think the, the last we heard, I think it was right before, um, maybe it was before the Nets game. I think Bud said that they were going to give him, you know, another week before they kind of figure out what's next. Um, honestly, the most encouraging thing, Eric name posted a video. I think it was late last week of George taking place, uh, taking part in some drills with assistants and, and players, uh, after practice, and it was basically like you know, assistant coach hands it off, and you like simulate a little like pick and roll, uh, pull yeah. up jump shot. Um, so again, it's not like you know we saw George you know going five on five, but again, if he was you know in horrendous pain, that horrendous pain, then assume he probably wouldn't be doing much of anything like that. So yes, um, we have not seen George Hill in a neck brace. Uh, we hope that again his return is is near. Um, but again, that obviously just means that, uh, Javon Carter in particular and DeAndre Bembry and, you know, some of these guys that, that otherwise might not get much run are, are going to continue to have to be leaned on, you know, maybe a little bit more than you expect. And, um, you know, again, you just look at the bucks kind of bench. Bembry took one shot, um, didn't score minus 15 in 11 minutes. By the way, the shot he missed. Uh, was it Struess or somebody jumped up and like landed on him? Basically, it should have been a foul. I don't know why it wasn't a foul call. It seemed like a play where like the ref almost wanted to like let him let them see if he made the shot, yeah. but then didn't call the foul when he missed. Um, Carter one for two, hit the three minus ten in in twelve minutes. Um, didn't really seem to bother Harrow that much. I was kind of yeah. curious. I was hoping that maybe he would really kind of give Harrow some some annoyance because Harrow's you know basically has to play as a point guard for decent stretches, just given uh, that, especially that Lowry is out, um, but didn't really seem to bother uh, Harrow all that much. Um, so once again, Bucks kind of with a very, th- um, let's just say minuscule contribution from the bench tonight. Um, and, you know, again, talk about bench guys, West Matt, West Matthews, just one for six, five points, um, but plus 12 in 28 minutes. And again, he was part of that closing group and, you know, honestly, like, I think the the thing that probably impressed me most with the Bucks was the fact that, you know, they go down, I think it was, what, 11 quickly to start the third quarter. Gabe Vincent hits, what, those three three-pointers? And it's just like, oh, my God, here we go. Some again, of them are know? tough. Yes, some of those were very tough. Um, and then, again, early in the fourth quarter, they give up, you know, three-pointers from to, you know, I think it was, like, I don't know if it was Struess and Harrow and whatever, you know, it's like basically like pick your, pick your poison, right. It was like whichever random uh, guard that, you know, you, you hadn't heard of a few years ago was in the game um, is hitting threes. And it's just like, man, this game is, <laughs> this game is just like, they just cannot get back in this game. Um, but I thought the response each of those times, the the fact that they clawed their way back in again, 
I think Wes actually hit the, his one shot that he hit was a three to, I think that put them up like 80 to 79 or something late in the third. Um, so I, I think, you know, the encouraging thing is the responses that, that they had to that. And the fact that, you know, the response on the defensive end, I thought was encouraging. And, you know, I thought the heat were very patient. They kind of ran their stuff, but the bucks made it hard on them, you know, and we saw, I think a couple, at least a couple, um, 24 second violations tonight. Um, you know, we saw Vincent, I think hit the side of the backboard on a corner three at one point late in the fourth quarter when the bucks were kind of Ding up. So, um, so I think that's probably one of the more encouraging signs because again, you know, you look at kind of the last week, uh, and, and the game before the all-star break against Philly, obviously the execution down the stretch is, you know, was sort of the most frustrating part, but I mean, I looked it up. We were talking about it on DM the other day. I mean, the in clutch situations this year, the bucks have been like, they were like plus six. I mean, the, you know, they haven't been like bad. They've been like, okay, in clutch situations. Um, it's really just the fact that, you know, overall, I think just, you know, you expect that they're going to figure that out to an extent, just given the talent they have, but the defense again, right. I mean, I think you just want to see the defense be able to maybe, maybe you're not going to play 48 minutes of, you know, brilliant two years ago, bucks defense, or maybe you're not going to be able to get the playoff defense. We saw from the bucks, you know, last playoffs every night in the regular season, but you know, can you lock down and can you go with a group that you know is going to bring the requisite energy and physicality to make life difficult on the opponents and make them actually hit some tough shots? And I thought that was, you know, probably the encouraging thing about the fourth quarter um, and to an extent, too, in the kind of middle part of the third quarter when they went down is that they were at least able to, I think, get into, you know, um, you know, more of a defensive mindset. And obviously the guys you're bringing off the bench right now, you know, Wara played five minutes and just in the first half, but Second half, I mean, Ibaka, Carter, West, and Bembry, all those guys are in there. They're not in there to score. They're all in there to, you know, make their presence felt defensively and make life a little harder on the opponents. And, you know, again, I thought obviously that was something that they were able to do. But again, um, not not a, a great night statistically defensively. You have 21 threes, you're probably not going to feel too good about your defense. But 43% um, shooting on twos from the Heat and that obviously was critical because if the heat um if the bucks don't make life uh, pretty difficult on the heat and force them into some tough shots inside the arc you know you're not you're not winning games when when you're minus 21 points from the three-point line right they hit seven more threes in the bucks so um so hopefully some signs of life defensively and certainly interesting that we're seeing west be kind of the you know again as we talk about who are the who's the sort of fifth starter interesting to see west be that guy um Again, we'll see kind of we'll see who that is when the Bucks get healthier. But hey, they they need all these guys to step up right now. And obviously, um, you know, grinding out a win like this against uh, you know the team that's been at the top of the East for long stretches of the season that's that's always a good thing. Well, I think it's interesting, and this was something I brought up the other night. And of course, we know Pat Connaughton's not there. He's the guy that's going to come in and soak up a lot of minutes. But I do think it's interesting that we're seeing less of Grayson Allen in these types of games and uh, we understand why they did the trade for Serge Ibaka but this is where you're feeling the absence of Dante DiVincenzo who was always that guy at least defensively that Bud felt clearly I mean from the outside it looked like he felt a bit more comfortable having him at the guard spot but Wes and Pat are going to play those roles and I guess tonight when you've got a bunch of shooters and we've seen Wes defend someone like Seth, uh, Steph Curry pretty well earlier in the in the season so I guess Bud likes him chasing around uh, those guys Pat had the mic on tonight and uh, he seemed very very aware uh, that he was mic'd up, which you know, I respect. Um, but he seemed like he was having a good time. He's 
Uh, I think there was some footage today again from Eric that he was uh, doing some sort of stuff on court shooting or something like that. So anyway, I, know, I don't know where we're at with that four week timeline. Feels like it's probably been two weeks, but hopefully Pat isn't uh, too far away from coming back into the lineup uh, here for the Bucks. Is there anything else from this game, Frank? Um, I thought, you know, kind of just one other thing on the defense. Um, you know, Chris Middleton, regular season defense, maybe not as engaged as you'd like, <laughs> you'd like it to be. Um, I thought him, you know, he defended Duncan Robinson for long stretches. That was the kind of, you know, starting matchup last year in the playoffs as well. Yeah. Um, you know, I thought he did a nice job again, for the most part, trying to stay connected with, with Duncan Robinson in that series. But um, tonight I'd say lost him a couple times, especially in the first half, Robinson scored 15 points on five out of seven from three. Um, but I thought you could see it with Chris as well, just with the way that he'd like to run those dribble handoffs with Bam at the top and handing off to, you know, Robinson in particular, I mean, they've been doing that for a few years now. That's obviously one of their pet plays, but really with any of those guys, they can run dribble handoffs and, you know, have Bam roll and, and kind of make your life difficult and put pressure on the defense to, you know, have to kind of collapse to an extent and then you know, opens up other guys for, for open shots. I thought you could even, you could see it with Chris as well. His engagement level defensively went up a notch and, you know, overall, um, I mean, even Bobby Portis, right? Like when we talked about, it, I think Bam is a tough matchup for Bobby Portis. Um, I think Bam, when he really kind of, tries to overpower Bobby and he can do this to Giannis. I mean, we've seen Bam when he really tries to go to the basket. I mean, he can overpower Giannis at times as well. Um, but give Bobby credit. I mean, 15 points on 12 shots tonight, a couple blocks, couple steals, you know, he had a, a great strip on Bam when he was driving. It looked like he might've been able to power through him for a dunk and said, Bobby strips it away. And then they go the other direction. I think that was, might've been when Drew found Giannis for an and one that he really needed early in the third quarter when he was sort of stuck on seven points. Um, so, you know, again, I think Bobby Portis, 15 points plus 10 in 32 minutes, you know, you compare that to bam 18 points, but he took 17 shots, 12 rebounds, four assists. Um, Hey, you know, anytime Bobby can duel bam out of bio to a draw or, or better, uh, you feel pretty good about it. And, um, you know, again, they, they really needed it tonight because, again, they're they're not getting much of anything from the bench right now, especially with the lack of depth that they have with some of the injuries. So everything's kind of coming down to the starters. And unfortunately, they, they did get enough from the starting group tonight. Um, and, uh, you know, again, there were no messages sent tonight. Right. I mean, this was obviously not a convincing win by any stretch. Um, but, you know, I think, again, just in the big picture, I keep saying it, but when a heat team like this, we saw them hit, what was it? 22 threes against the bucks earlier this season and kind of blow the doors off them in that game in Miami. Um, again, they came out shooting tonight again, 21 threes out of 44, 48%. I think if you told us that before the game, we would have felt <laughs> very pessimistic about the bucks chances, but um, I actually you know, felt I, for the most of the, while I was watching the game live, I felt pretty pessimistic about the bucks yeah. chances as well. So yeah, I, that, that's, I mean, that was the thing, right? Is that I, you know, this was this will go down as one of the more memorable Bucks games of the season. But I did not have a good time watching this game for you know <laughs> all but the last ten seconds mostly, right? Because you know the Bucks had a nice early lead, right? We should say that they actually started very well, um, but then in the second quarter, what they were up forty-one thirty-one, when they go up a ten-nothing run right back, um, and that just kind of felt like how this game was. You know, one team would make 
a run and then the other team would reel them in third quarter it's the heat going on that run hitting a bunch of threes and you think oh here we go again third quarter bucks but fortunately they were able to kind of you know stem the bleeding a little bit only outscored by two in the in the third quarter um and go to the go to the final period down i think what four or something um so they had a chance but again you know i think then miami comes out and hits a few threes right and you're down 14 with six minutes left so um you know, I think I think these I think I think stuff kind of does matter a little bit, especially when the team hasn't been playing well. I think, you know, just having these games where you come back probably isn't bad, just from you know uh, a short-term memory perspective, like knowing that this group, yeah, I mean, we can be down a bunch to even the Heat, and if we really get in on them, you know, get into them defensively and play our game offensively, we can still win these types of games. So, um, hopefully the next time uh, hopefully these teams will meet at some point again not in the first round i'll say that i hope that they don't have to play the heat in the first round um but at some point you know we'll see these teams again perhaps this year and hopefully um the bucks will be a little bit sharper and a little bit healthier but um for now just good to good to put another w on the board yep the bucks will see the heat again no doubt but uh i'm sure you'll also listen to your boy q again and you can do that oh, alongside alongside okay. lee sterling on the Lockdown Bets podcast. Check that out. But the Bucks now, uh, they are a game and a half clear. So they're in fourth. So they're a game and a half clear of the Cavs who are really starting to scuffle a little bit and the Boston Celtics there as well. I saw Jalen Brown hurt his ankle. I don't think he's playing their next game, but I think overall he's fine. Uh, and the Bucks have the Bulls next. So we spoke about this really difficult stretch that they've got. I believe that's a national televised game on Friday night in Chicago. We know the Bucks really... Well, the Bulls, for the most part, honestly, have really struggled against the top teams. So this will be interesting to see uh, how this game goes. And then, by the way, they have the Phoenix Suns and health and safety protocols that apparently is a thing in the NBA still, Devin Booker. So I don't know whether he's going to be available for that game, which obviously, again, it's fun to watch those teams go at it. But for the sake of the Bucks winning games and their standings, I think they'd you know, hopefully Devin Booker is healthy, but I think the Bucks would uh, would take that match up without Booker, but we'll see what happens there. But either way, uh, we should have some fun games coming up. Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of thought coming into this game, if you took two out of three, like sort of after Monday, I was going to go, yeah, if you if you can take two out of three, you know, given the, the teams they're having to go up against, you probably, probably feel pretty good about it. Now that you've banked this win, again, kind of a stolen win, but you still banked it. Um, and now you've got, the Friday game in Chicago and then the Sunday game against Phoenix, knowing that, you know, I think we've, the, the NBA has lowered the sort of mandatory, um, you know, day, mandatory days missed from 10 to six on a COVID positive test. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, again, that, that game is going to be soon enough that, um, you know, wouldn't, wouldn't fall under that requirement. Um, I, I think it may still be possible that Booker, I don't call me on this. I think Booker, if he tested, you know, I think two negative tests, he may still be able to come back. I don't know, but, you know, certainly all signs point to him likely missing that game this weekend. And obviously, you know, they were already going to miss Chris Paul. Um, they're such a well-coached team, well-oiled machine. I don't think he'd put anything past them. Um, and I don't. I also wouldn't put it past the Bucks to lose to, <laughs> against any team that might be missing guys on Sunday. But, um, but yeah, I mean, obviously, you you obviously hope that Friday night in Chicago you can take care of business against a Bulls team that 
you know, you've beaten once, didn't really play well against that first time. But Zach Levine is is ailing with with his knee pro- problem. He's continuing to play, but it sounds like that's not going to be better until they figure out a treatment op- treatment options this summer. And they're still missing, you know, a number of guys, including obviously Alex Caruso, um, Patrick Williams, and, and Lonzo Ball. So kind of the, you know, the key point of attack defenders that 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 de- early success of their defense was was based on. Um, those guys are still out. So obviously if you're the Bucks, you know, you're looking at Friday and you're seeing a team that you hope, you know, you can really attack uh, on the offensive end. And then you just hope that DeMar DeRozan, you know, doesn't score 40 points on all 19 foot jumpers uh, like he has seemingly been doing almost every game, although he struggled in the last game. So uh, yeah, I think certainly the way things are breaking here, again, opportunity knocks for the Bucks. Um, the East is still very tight. Uh, they have, you know, even with the tough schedule, they have a chance here to, to reel off some wins um, against some pretty, pretty good teams. And now it's just a matter of like going out and doing it. And again, just the consistency from the Bucks this year, you just kind of can't count on anything. But, um, but I don't know, maybe, maybe this time will be different. Maybe this time will be different, Kane. Does it work for them? No, it never does. But maybe but it, it might <laughs> work for us. <laughs> and by the way, nobody is looking forward to uh, this trip to Chicago more than Grayson Allen. I'm sure he's going to get a, a, lov- <laughs> a lovely, warm reception from the United Center crowd. So, well, if it was if this was Ben Simmons, he would just you know say that he needs to recondition himself, right? He's got a sore back. We all deal with a bit of back soreness from time to there, time. Right? There is no. Okay, for, first of all, let me say this. Um, <laughs> You know, I, I won't ever like question if when guys are saying there's like a mental health issue, something like that, like whatever. I, I don't even know if that's really what they're saying. I don't think they're actually saying that anymore at this point. I think now that he's on the nets, I think it's purely a conditioning back something else yeah. type of thing. But to me, this just stinks of like he's literally going to miss two plus weeks of basketball because he's afraid to play in Philly. I, I That is that is my hypothesis. You know, I'm going to set up my sh- set up my table in the park and put. The yeah. sign up you know ben simmons is is uh is too scared to play in philly prove me wrong um that that's my my position um which is just an odd thing because you know we talk about the bucks and he maybe may matching in the playoffs i mean as as we were talking about the other day i mean i don't think as a if you're a neutral fan nothing would have as interesting a subplot as oh, philly brooklyn in the playoffs and it could happen in the first round i mean that is kind of just the crazy part about this season like seems like literally any matchup with you know any either team having home court just seems like it's still in play just the way that that the the kind of schedule you know the t- take the top six seven teams seems like any of those teams could host the other team in the first round of the playoffs and you know we just need to sort of see how things play out over the next man five six weeks right yep not long to go uh, 19 games now for the bucks until the playoffs so that's going to come around uh, pretty damn quickly. We'll be back tomorrow on Locked On Bucks, looking ahead to the Bucks and Bulls in a little more detail. So make sure you check it out there. If you haven't subscribed on your audio platform or on YouTube, if you're watching us there, make sure you do that. Uh, we occasionally have dogs on the podcast. If that if that's uh, interests anyone, then you should uh, you should do that. But for now, for Frank and myself, we'll leave it there. Tonight was a fun one. Uh, tomorrow we'll be back to talk about Bucks and Bulls.